the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Kind of an interesting day, in my opinion, on the markets, in large part, Boeing. Another plane went down in Ethiopia, and that's incredibly tragic news. And it's a Boeing plane, and a plane went down five months ago in Indonesia, and it was a Boeing plane, and it happened to be the same make and model, which happens to be their hottest, sexiest selling model right now. So three countries are out there saying, we're going to ground Boeing until we find out. You may remember a couple of years ago, they had a problem with the S, the 787 Dreamliner, which it couldn't fly around the world, but you would think from all the press releases that it could fly around the world. Beautiful. It's got in-cabin lighting and ooh, ah, and it gets better gas mileage, all that kind of stuff. And they had a couple problems where a couple battery packs kicked off some smoke. They seemed to fix the issue. The stock dipped. They fixed the issue. The stock roared again. That's one of the, the damnation games that I play in investing. A company like Philip Morris, Altria make little little paper products with uh, some herb in it called tobacco that kills people. Is it an investment or not? Can you invest in killing people? With Boeing, you know, a bigger issue is that they make missiles. And now their planes are their, their what everyone knows. But they also make missiles. So at some point in your career, you're going to have to make a moral decision. I'm not your moral compass. Um, so that's out there today. Retail sales were pretty solid. So the market is gaining, not just on retail sales, not falling because of Boeing, because Boeing's pulling the market down 10%. Boeing's down 10%. So it's pulling the market down about 300 points, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, keep in mind, not a lot of people own the Dow Jones Industrial Average Index. So it's one of those things that I railed against management on my TV station. I'm like, please don't make me talk about the Dow. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 150 points today. It doesn't mean much to people. It's 30 stocks. Some of them you own, some of them you don't own. So retail sales were good, but you know the, the kicker that got the market really going, in my opinion? A couple things. 60 Minutes interview last night with Jerome Powell. I watched it because they teased that he was going to say, Trump can't fire me. So that, that was compelling to me because Trump is basically a guy who's known for firing people, right? I almost, I, I think it would be pretty hilarious to see a second term by President Trump. Now, this I'm lampooning this, Okay. I'm not, when I say hilarious, I'm like laughing. I'm, I'm lampooning it. Um, he's had a problem keeping his staff members. A lot of them come in and quit after a year. A lot of them come in and get fired after three to six months. Um, so that would be interesting to see if he could still have people surrounded with him you know, in six more years. I don't know. I find that something that we should lampoon, but his turnover feels like it's high. With that being said, I have actually no input on if his turnover is way different than Obama's or Clinton's or Bush's or Bush's or uh, you name it when you go back, right? 
So we're moving in towards election time, believe it or not. Uh, we're about, what, 20 months from the next presidential election. So the rhetoric's going to start to heat up. Apple got a really nice upgrade today over at Bank of America. I kind of mentioned that I would talk about it, but I'm kind of putting that off for now. Um, maybe I'll get back to it at the end of the segment. Maybe not. Uh, it's not that great of an upgrade, but it was nice. So Amazon's Alexa. Hello, Alexa. Play rock and roll music. Hey, Alexa, play Rob Black and Your Money, right? Hey, Alexa, play Rob Black and Your Money. So hopefully a lot of people are in their kitchen right now and their Alexas are kicking on and playing Rob Black and Your Money. Hey, Alexa, play KDO.biz. Yeah, you can actually, we're one of the apps on Amazon Alexa. What's interesting, there's 80,000 plus of them. And what's even further interesting, that's a lot of apps, right? When you start talking about home devices, Apple's HomePod doesn't do anything like that. Google's not quite there. But Amazon really opened up to the developer community and said, go for it. There's a music trivia game that you could play. There's, you know, you could ask about the weather. Um, there's all sorts of little things, but so far, none of these 80,000 apps are a big hit. You need a big hit when you're trying to do kind of win in the world in technology, either make your hardware the standard or make your software kind of awesome. Angry Birds was a phenomenon. One of my favorite authors is a guy named Simon Rushdie. Um, he's written some of my favorite books, and The Satanic Verses wasn't one of them. So Midnight's Children was fantastic. Um I highly recommend reading him, but he's very difficult to read because he's so well-spoken and written. The words that come out and onto the paper are unbelievably complicated compared to what we're typically used to reading. Stephen King, the dog had rabies. You're not going to get that with Sam and Rashi, but he was on uh, one night, Craig Kilborn, and, uh, you know, sometimes I'll scan who's going to be the guest on these shows. And if I find a guest that I want to see, like he never does. He's never a guest on late night talk shows. So Rusty was on, and he talked about finishing all 30 levels of Angry Birds and getting three stars on all of them and how thrilled he was for himself. That's a hit when you make it on late night conversation or when you talk about Pokemon Go. Do you remember Pokemon Go whenever it launched, let's say, three, three and a half years ago? They were pulling in a billion-plus dollars a year, of which Apple was pulling in a billion dollars. They are getting a third of the digital coins that people are buying, which is interesting because Epic Games, with their big hit Fortnite, is saying, hey, if anyone wants to develop games for our platform, Apple's got the App Store. But if Epic says anyone wants to build for ours, we'll only take a 15% cut instead of a 30% cut. I'm just kind of summarizing. Don't quote those numbers because I'm not in on the negotiations. But even companies like Netflix have gone and stuck them, you know, flicked the bird, so to speak, to Apple and said, why are we paying you so much? You know, because people download the app at the App Store. So Netflix has basically won the right to have people outload it, download it outside the App Store, sign up outside the App Store. Um and they pay well less than the 30% platform that Apple typically charges because they're such a big hit. So the subscription cost, if you know, if uh, Netflix is charging ten dollars and they have to give a buck fifty a month to Apple, that's a lot of money. So and then you start thinking about again some of the other like Pokemon Go, for instance, and how much that did for Apple. They're still making money on that. They didn't develop. They didn't develop it. They didn't do anything. They just have a great app store and a lot of users tied towards their hardware, which is one of the reasons Elizabeth Warren wants to go after them. Is it's too much integration. 
um, Apple could say, well, you're not going to get into our phones. We're not going to put you on our app store unless you see, unless you play. So Amazon has 80,000 apps and none of them have, or skills as they like to call them at Apple, <clears throat> at Amazon. And none of them are big hits. Um, none of them are we talking about. Um, I think the best thing with Amazon so far is, hey, Amazon, play Rob's set list. Or, hey, Amazon, uh, hey, Alexa, what time is it? Hey, Alexa, how's traffic on 101 North? Those are all good things, but no big hits. You're always in the search of the big hits when it comes to tech media companies. Always the next big one. Uh, Electronic Arts has Apex Legends right now, which is it's, it's, it's building momentum fast on Fortnite. So, again, I'm not just talking about video games. I'm talking about stocks and investing, right? Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. I got a big event coming up in Burlingame on the 10 days from now. You can sign up right now for free. It's filling up fast. Use the code radio25, radio25 at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Am I human after all? Gotta like the lyrics to that song, I'm only human after all. Why take uh, why take the blame for something you did wrong is <laughs> how I read that song. Uh, I've done many, many things wrong as an investor, and I don't ever hide behind I'm only human. Sometimes I just get egregious. Sometimes I get stupid. Sometimes I don't think of the other sides. Um, notice that I come at it from negatives. Uh, I can find a positive in any story. Hey, this company's coming up with a cure for cancer. Awesome. Cancer's awful. We've all seen loved ones or extended family loved ones or friends of family. We've all seen people suffer. So I get it. I get it. Um... Let's talk a little bit about that Bank of America upgrade on Apple. This was one that came this morning. It hit my uh, computer as breaking news. And uh, I went to Bank of America, got a little research on it, see what they're up to. They're basically raising the 12-month price target on Apple. Bank of America owns a big brokerage company called Merrill Lynch. You might remember in 2008 when all the companies were struggling, the financial crisis that we went through in the United States that brokers were bought by banks, um, some of them foolishly, some of them wisely, like Bank of America also bought Countrywide, and Countrywide had more fraud than they knew they were acquiring. Fraud in how they handled um, mortgage packages is probably the best way of saying it. They would package a lot of mortgages together and sell it to investors, and <clears throat> some of the mortgages were pretty well known to fail and not to be on the safe side, but they were promising the safer returns. But that's off topic. So Bank of America upgrades Apple today, says $210 price target. They say, quote, Apple stock is down 26% from its peak. The S&P 500 is only down 9% from its peak. The market has a great ability to hit new highs. But right now, we're 9% from our all-time highs. If I were to own one investment, a house or a stock market, the S&P 500, I'd go with the S&P 500. So that's just me. And again, baseball cards, if you were to tell me there's a 100 ch- one in 100 chance that uh, there's the first Babe Ruth inside of a, a packet of gum, I, I, I wouldn't take those odds. I'll take the stock market. It's up 7 out of 10 years. It hits all-time highs 7 out of 10 years. Pretty darn, frink- pretty darn frequently, right? So Apple's down 26% from its peak. The S&P 500 is down 9%. So it says Bank of America. They're both up 9% year-to-date. That's in line with each other. 
And their scenario analysis suggests that shares are discounting a declining hardware scenario when you exclude cash and services. And the debate hinges on the long-term trajectory. I was talking with my producer, number 12, earlier in the show, and he was like, I don't know. Samsung's got a lot going on. Now, he's a little bit younger. Um, and we talked about the ecology and the ecosystems, and I'm kind of stuck in Apple because I've, I've, I feel like I've put a lot of investments into content there. Um, and I've also, I just, I'm comfortable with it. I'd rather have my, you know, my Apple products work well with each other, whether it be the speaker with a TV product or the, the phone or the watch. They all work well together. So, in Bank of America's opinion, weakness in hardware is not entirely structural. They're looking at a price target of 210 based on assumptions closer to flat hardware, somewhat slower than historical growth in services. They're not discount. They're not. They're not putting their models to say worst case scenarios. They're saying, okay, we've pulled back 26% from the highs. It's factoring in some of the worst case scenarios. Apple is a buy their opinion, quote, stability of supply chain, order cuts, quote, growth across healthcare wearables and increasing services penetration. We saw Luke Perry die of a stroke this year. That's crazy. 52 years old, cray cray, right? Too young. In five to 10 years, maybe in one to two years, we should have the technology that could start figuring out things like irregular heartbeats without going to the doctor, without getting hooked up to machines, or you could be hooked up to said watch. Now, is that ever going to be quality enough to actually pull it off? Do you remember when the Watch 4 came out? There was this big uh, thing that it could read your heartbeat, maybe predict when you're having a heart attack, send you an email, send you a text message. <laughs> oh, no, your text messages are off, and it sends you a text that you're about to have a heart attack. Whoopsie. Oopsie, whoopsie. Um, but I like that. As a man who's aging pretty close in age to Luke Perry, I'm like, woohoo, that may be a good thing. So a lot of these uh, wearable companies are starting to think more and more about diabetes, more and more about heart attacks, more and more about strokes, because these are some of the readings that they can get from your skin and from touching your body. Nice to know. With that being said, the Bank of America upgrade's nice. It it's probably provides a floor for Apple at about $170 a share, but it probably won't save Apple from their... Man, that phone's $1,000 plus. That's like, I almost want my friends to buy the phone for me in other states where they don't have sales tax. Because $1,000 is like, oh, another $100? I know you're saying, you would be that cheap, Rob. I would be that cheap. I am a bird sanctuary when it comes to cheapness. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. I got a big seminar coming up right around the corner, 10 days. It's in Berlin Game. I'm going to talk about some stock investments. I'm going to talk about retirement, income and retirement. CFP Chad Burton's going to talk a lot of Social Security, a lot of income issues, a lot of making your wealth last until the day you die. All very good stuff. In the short term, I think some of the, and I'm putting together my commentary right now as we speak. In the short term, I think one of the big negatives for the market is companies with global exposure. Uh, there's a lot going on in global exposure right now. And at the start of the year, we saw things really slow down worldwide. So it's worthy of note that big global exposure could face double-digit decline in earnings in the first quarter. Um, so I would be cautious. I would be respectful on your international stocks, especially if it means something to you. I myself am still right around Luke Perry's age. I got time on my side as long as I don't die. 
which now would be the ultimate ir- irony in this is that I do a show dedicated to getting you to retirement and I never retire. I work till the day I die. Oh, what's wrong with me? Now I'm all upset about this. Oh, why did I depress myself all of a sudden? Cause there's a little bit of truth in it, right? So that's out there. Um, hitting uh, another kind of big picture issue right now, U.S. households see the biggest decline in net worth since the financial crisis. It, and that makes us feel a little bit more poor. Household net worth fell at the highest level since the financial crisis, according to Fed data. Net worth at the end of 2018 was $104.3 trillion, down from uh, a drop of $3.7 trillion. So we're at $104.3. We were at $107, $108 trillion in the third quarter. Our net worth is important. How much do you own? How much do you owe? How much equity do you have? Things like that. Financial assets um, kind of track the overall wealth. And are we slotting for retirement and or not? I want to get you to retirement. I want you to have some income in retirement. I want you to enjoy retirement. I want you to take your grandkids to Disney World. I want you to be the greatest grandparent of all. To learn more about income and tax planning in retirement, come to the seminar in Burlingame on the 21st. 10 days from now, sign up at Rob Black's show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Hi, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, 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 investing, and more. Like I said, um, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll get it done, so to speak. Um, that's the phrase that pays, right? <laughs> um, you know what's really rare, and this has surprised me, is maxing out a 401k. It's easier than people think, but people stress over it, like big time. One of the things that I like to do is talk about investing, talk about retirement. I'm not retired, but I'm a little stressed out about retirement. Me, Rob Black, the king of all slack, the king of of financial media. I, I'm... I think there's an apocalypse coming. So I try to save more and more and more. And the, my apocalypse is more apocalyptal. Uh, retirement. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I do something every, I don't know, I probably do it maybe 40 to 50 times easily. Maybe maybe a little bit more. Uh, maybe 60 times a year. Read annual reports. Annual reports, I used to date many, 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 many years ago, a person who did graphic design, and she would do annual reports. She was based out of Pittsburgh and like Mellon Bank. And I'd say, can I see that when it's done? And I had to be careful because a lot of that information is uh, private until it's released. And she didn't really know what the text was. She knew how to lay out pictures and text and stuff like that. She wasn't reading the text like verbatim. But I was like, that text is kind of powerful. I never broke any laws. That's not my kind of shtick. But annual reports are what are known as 10Ks. They're SEC filings. Then there's a Q, and you can guess what that is. That comes every four quarters, four quarters per year. Um, and then there's, that's every, what, 90 days, right? Every three months, you get the quarterly. You get the annual every 365 days. So you get the quarterly every 90 days. But you also get what are called S filings. Now, all three of these are filings with SEC that have material information in them. It just so happens that the annual report, the 10K, is beautiful, is well-polished usually. The other ones look like computer filings. They're not easy reads. Um, But, for instance, the General Electric 10K 
annual report was 317 pages long. American International Group, AIG, was 405 pages long. There's some different things in it. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Teradyne, like a tech company, is going to give you a little bit more information into tech trends, whereas GE may give you a little bit more into jet engines. Um, you're getting something out of all of these. Um, and there are people that I know who have scanned SEC filings for material information for S filings. And these are like the old Yahoo and Google nerds who knew how to look for words like um, materially disappointing. So the government filing goes on and their computer search engine finds that, uh-oh, the market may not know this yet because they just told the regulators and they have to tell the regulators technically first. Uh, um, so you have to read an income statement. You have to read the gross profit. You want to look at what the equity market value is. You want to look at a financial statement inside of these filings. Um, financial statements will give you a quick insight into the cash flow. So how much money do they earn? How much money do they owe? How much money do they pay in taxes? How much money do they pay in interest? And this is where it gets kind of amazingly stupid. How much money do they have in retirement plans? Are their retirement plans secure? Um, this is where it just gets, just to me, really difficult for people because you have to pay attention to a lot of obligations inside what the company has. Um, who is their competitors? They have to disclose things like, um, we at Intel may become, and this is just hypothetical. It's not, I'm not saying anything on Intel, but I'm giving you the, you know, they make computer chips, right? We at Intel may have a problem keeping up with new technologies. There's certain companies out there that are suing us based on our patents. And if we lose these cases, it may have a material impact. They have to let you know. That's the beauty of being publicly traded, uh, public disclosures. Everyone gets the same playing field in theory. Now, that's one of the reasons I don't like private REITs. I don't like any situation where you're not getting a financial statement. I'll go as far as there's two coalitions of soccer clubs in my area. Uh, one's Belmont United, one's San Carlos United. And San Carlos, they share all the information with the parents how much the fees are, how much the refs get paid, how much the coaches get paid, how much the director gets paid, how much insurance they pay, what their fields cost. And the other company, Belmont United, doesn't share any of that. So which one do you think would make you feel better? Now, again, that's a tough one, though. That we're talking about soccer clubs there, right? When what I'm trying to say here is, is that disclosure of publicly traded companies I like better than the lack of disclosure of private companies. I would be, it's easier for me to say, let's take a leap of faith and buy into the stock market because we can study these companies than it is for me to say, let's, you know, the neighbor, oh, I got this new cure for cancer that I'm working on in my secret laboratory and I'm looking for investors. Well, let's see how much money you spend, how much money revenue you're getting in with your projections. Oh, I don't have any of that. Or he'll say he has it, but he doesn't have to share it with you. I'm like, oh, no. Speaking of, oh, no, Trump did the most ridiculous thing at a fundraiser this weekend. He talked about how he didn't really call Tim Cook, Tim Apple. And uh, he goes, fake news, fake news. And what's fascinating about it is there's video of it. <laughs> he says, I said Tim Cook, Apple. He said, I, I said his name, I just said his last name silently. <laughs> and there's videotape of it that he didn't. So the Democrats are salivating. The 2020 presidential race, I think, you know who could be a big loser in the 2020 race? Do you remember the term FANG stocks? Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And then Google changed their last name or changed their name to Alphabet, so they kind of ruined it. 
but Senator Elizabeth Warren last week said, we need to break up Alphabet, Amazon, Facebook, Oh, and Apple. Now, if you live in the Bay Area, I think obviously the campaign focus is going to be not just on FANG, the FANG stocks, but I think there's going to be a lot of campaign focus on regulation of your information, regulation of your privacy. Um, talking about breaking up companies, too big to, you know, eat, uh, to harbor competition. Uh, so you're just going to start hearing breakup scenarios. I think it's going to be a tough environment for these guys. Now, today we see a very nice upgrade of Bank of America, uh, a Bank of America upgrading um, Apple. But Bank of America also, uh, we're not quite there yet. But Bank of America did chime in on Elizabeth Warren and a partial breakup of Alphabet. And they said that would actually increase value because you would start separating entities that are, um, you could start saying, okay, well, let's break up the Waymo, you know, the self-driving car part of their business. And Waymo probably would have a high valuation. Then they're losing money and dragging Alphabet's bottom line down. They'd probably get speculative money where people go, well, I think self-driving cars are the future. I believe the children are future. So now Amazon, how would they do in a breakup? Probably pretty neutral. So it says Bank of America. They think that Jeff Bezos has an empire and are pretty comfortable with it. And that most of everything Amazon has been buying has had a fair value inside itself. Uh, to give you some perspective, if you're a tech company and you're buying other companies at all-time highs, you may be paying too much. But if you're buying after a stock market correction of 30 or 40%, you may be doing smart. You may be getting some value with your acquisition. Um, so Amazon has done a pretty good job of, of acquiring companies where you would say, like for instance, when they bought Whole Foods, uh, the all-time high, and I'm making these numbers up because it's been too long for me to definitively remember, but I felt like the all-time high on Whole Foods was about 80, 85, and then it fell down in the 40s because they had some unbelievably stupid bonehead moves by their executives. Um, one of the executives posted online how great the company is, like often, and how he would trash the competition. And like you can't do that. Remember the whole public information thing that we started talking about with 10K and a report? You can't do that. So the big, the big one that would probably make no sense to anyone inside the company, maybe even inside Silicon Valley, is Facebook. It, it's not that it, it's, it wouldn't make any sense. I mean, we all see Facebook as super powerful and Instagram is super powerful. And WhatsApp, WhatsApp is super powerful. They reach a lot of people. They reach poor people. They reach rich people. Um, and how do you break them up? So, and do you know billions of people eyeballs mean anything? When you start breaking these guys up, of course they do. So Facebook is going to be like a road internet roadkill. Um, but if WhatsApp has to compete with Facebook, if Instagram had to compete with Facebook, if Facebook couldn't just copy everything that other innovators are doing, which they did. Here's Elizabeth Warren, a great example. If you take a look at Snap, you know, Snap came up with the stories thing. Snap came up with the disappearing, um, you know, kind of send messages to each other. Mark up photos, take goofy pictures. Um, you don't have to remember this forever because I'm just sending you a picture of a snowman. It's not going to be in your snowman photo album. Facebook just integrated it instantly into Facebook and Instagram. Boom, just like that overnight. And then the stories did the same exact thing. So is did that kill Snap? I, Elizabeth Warren's onto something there. So anyway, 2020 is uh, it's heating up fast, just so you know. 
Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up in 10 days in Burlingame, 6.30 in the evening, Thursday evening. You can learn more about it by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Let's play a game. Let's call it from the mind of Rob Black, right? NVIDIA is buying a semiconductor maker, Melanix, for $6.9 billion in all-cash cloud computing-focused deal. Um, Intel was in on the bidding, and NVIDIA won. So they're not paying a crazy price. And what they're getting is a semiconductor stock that's really tied towards cloud computing, artificial intelligence, and data center connectivity. Um, NVIDIA just had a weak quarter, so they decided, let's go spend some money. You would imagine, let's say you have a bad quarter with your spouse. You're like, I'm going to take her to Paris and we're going to kiss under the Eiffel Tower. It's opening up the checkbook, right? Um, it's buying love if you do it well. So there was some sales weakness at NVIDIA and they've decided to address the problem by acquiring another company to add, you know, a company that makes uh, transmissions between servers, storage systems, and communication infrastructure faster. As everyone, not everyone, as more and more businesses move to the cloud, more and more content moves to the cloud, moving that information around fast is super important because Lord knows we don't have three seconds to waste in our life, right? So the deal heats up competition for Intel and NVIDIA. Intel's got a significant business in the data center computing. NVIDIA's paid about 20 times earnings for Melanix. That is a bit of a, a small premium. It's not bad though. Um, if you take a look at you know who's trading for 20 times earnings, you see companies like Microchip Technology and Xilinx, who are also in very similar fields. Um, so I like acquisitions, and what they tell me is that the semiconductor space could get kind of sexy. I know you're saying sexy. Tell me about a sexy IPO, Rob. Here you go. This company that I'm about to tell you about is planning to raise $587 million. I'm going to reveal the name in just a minute. It's going to be priced between $14 and $16 a share. The listing may be used for you know, cash for future acquisitions. Why are they raising money? They don't need to. They're a company that, that makes money. Who am I talking about? Well, they have their name on a stadium in the Bay Area. They're iconic in the world. They are none other than Levi Strauss. Oops, Levi Strauss. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, Levi Strauss was founded in 1853. I know you're saying, didn't you say this was a sexy IPO? I was kidding. Founded in 1853 in San Francisco. And it was a dry goods business, and it also invented the blue jeans in 1873. As a kid, I, you know, back to school, BTS, right? It was all about getting new Levi's, if you were lucky. Um, if you were unlucky, I mean, I would never get Jordache because that was kind of a female thing, right? Uh, although maybe they made Jordaches for men. Um, Brooke Shields, nothing comes between me and my Jordaches. That commercial campaign, you don't remember it. I may be making it up, but it feels like that was the, what was being implied was kind of sexy, right? Nothing comes between me and my Jordashes. So if you take a look at Jordash, it's a big play on America, Europe, and Asia. So when they report their earnings, you know, we've been talking about 10Ks and what do they say? One of the things that they're going to break out is how did they do in the Americas? How did they do in Europe? How did they do in Asia? They service consumers through global infrastructure, developing, sourcing, and marketing products. It's going to trade under the ticker symbol Levi, L-E-V-I. Now, that's not my kind of investment, but I'll read what's called the red herring and the prospectus on it. The red herring is a 
document that kind of says, we're thinking about coming public, and here's some of the things we plan to tout if we do. It reminds me of that great song, tout, tout, let it all out. These are the things. Now, here's a sexy stock. I'm not telling you to do it. Um, but my younger boys, they love playing video games where they can talk to their friends. One of their friends is like, his nickname is, his screen name is something like uh, Hitman Annihilator. And we meet the kid, he's like this little, hi, hi, man. I, I don't want to mention any names or anything like that because these are kids. But okay, here's a sexy stock. And it's tied towards the social aspects of kids and how they play video games today. Turtle Beach, they make headphones. Ticker symbol here, H-E-A-R, scheduled for fourth quarter, 2018 results. You know who they should kiss every single day? Epic Games for coming up with Fortnite because it has driven share expansion for them. They've kicked in innovation, quality products, a strong brand, Turtle Beach headphones. Typically, there's probably... Uh, you've probably seen the commercials if you watch ESPN ever. There's a big commercial campaign going on right now for uh, HyperX. Um, you know, gamers play with HyperX. Basketball players play with HyperX. They're just kind of... It's pretty smart brand marketing. So Turtle Beach and HyperX are the two that tend to go head-to-head. But Turtle Beach was the number one selling headset gaming headset in 2018, it does give you a little bit of an edge to have that 360 surround sound and everything that's going into it. They could. But video games are pretty social. A lot of people are spending more and more time playing video games with their friends. A lot of people are spending more and more time on FaceTime with their friends. Um, now, FaceTime, there's not really a play for a you know, set of cans on your head. But they're about to report earnings. And uh, it should have a pretty good Pretty quarter. Consult a broker advisor taking action on any stocks. Um, so they could be acquired because they're part of this whole uh, trend in social media and trend in social gaming. They announced the availability of, a, of its new product, the Stealth 600. That was America's best-selling wireless gaming headset of 2018. Um, so there's a lot going on there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Turtle Beach, Levi's. You can invest in jeans. You can invest in video games. There's so much you can do. That's what I love about the business. Um, you can invest in the user experience that Uber gives you. I know they're not public yet, but they're going to come public. I got a big summer coming up March 21st, 2019, Thursday, 638, 30, double tree by Hilton hotel in Burlingame, Burlingame, Burlingame. You can sign up for the event by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Use the code radio 25 to get in for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.